You know, when we were planning this conference, Barcelona, we chatted and said, you know, we really feel that we'd love to have people to come and speak here who are our friends and people that we've been on the journey with. We felt that, that we couldn't celebrate 40 years without saying that there are people who've journeyed with us and people that we have known for years. And the, the couple Ellen 10 tonight is certainly people that we love and are friends and we've journeyed with for many, many, many years. Pastor Don and Pastor Nomsa Phillips are here. I'm going to ask them to stand, the two of them, please. Let's give them a big warm welcome, Basalon. Give them a warm welcome, Basalon. Thank you, sir. Thank you. I'll call them up in a while and Pastor Nomsa to come say hello in a short while. But we just want to introduce you. I know you don't like this, my friend, but I'm going to go through your CV a little bit because you do this when I'm in your church, so it's my chance to revenge to you. Pastor John Philip is the senior pastor of RUCC, Real Life Ministries, with his co-pastors, and he co-pastors with his wife, Pastor Nomsa Philip, a church that's based in Mtata, Eastern Cape, South Africa. He is passionate about ministry together with his wife, and they've been pastoring since 1989. Under the leadership, the church has built a 6,500-seater auditorium. You must go and see this, Pastor it's the biggest building in Mtata, the most beautiful 20th century, 21st century, 22nd century, whatever, modern building to the glory of God that stands as a beacon of hope and a testimony of the goodness of God, really. This is the first kind in the region, and they've gone to plant 26 other daughter churches in the nearby village communities, including one in the Gauteng province, one in Western Cape, one in Kabecha. And RUCC is affiliated in IFCC, which we are also a part of. We're actually part of the executive committee. Uh, myself, Pastor Don, and Pastor Art is the three people of different personalities who are trying to lead together. By the grace of God, the grace of God has kept us, bless us. And uh, he's serving as well on the National Executive Board as one of the senior members there. He's passionate about church planting, evangelism, development of nearby communities with various forms of developmental outreaches in the villages. Pastor Don and Pastor Nomsa have been married for almost 40 years. Oh my goodness me. Shaba yaba. And they're blessed with three children and two grandchildren. It will overtake us soon, but two grandchildren. But what I want to say, Basalana, from my heart is that we met with this lovely couple in the 80s when I was invited to go and preach at the church when it was still the senior pastor was Pastor Marius. And I was telling Pastor Don they were still in the cinema and the first service I went to and preached as I was ministering to the sick, they brought this child for me to pray for, and they didn't tell me that the child is actually dead. The child had died during the service. The mother brought a sick child to the service who died during the service. So here I am, it's my first time, I'm being, having a baptism of fire, and now I must raise this child from the dead. I'm going to revenge. So, so I prayed for two hours trying to raise this child from the dead, and nothing happened. And I remember when I left, I said, 
But you know, because of the friendship we developed with Pastor Don, who was an associate pastor at the time, when they invited me second time around, we went, my wife and I, and we really connected a lot as, as friends. And, and the one thing, Bazalana, that I connected with Pastor Don with is when I met him, I realized that I'm normal. <laughs> because the, the people that I knew who were, you know, that I knew, there were, they, there's things they didn't do. I mean, he's an Orlando Pirate supporter, first of all. And then he, he is a very jocular, playful person. He likes joking. He loves fun. You know, when I, he invited me to go and preach at his church when they were about to announce the, 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 the thing, Yahoo, we got the World Cup here in yeah, 1996, you remember, yeah, the 2010 World Cup. Is that what, 2010? Yeah, 2010, yeah. So it was in four years before. And so he has a leadership session on a Saturday in Nohal, on the day when they're supposed to announce the bid, who won the bid to host the World Cup 2010. So when I wake up in the morning, because we'd had the session on Friday, on Saturday I realized, if I'm trying to preach to these people, no one's going to listen to me. Everybody wants to know if we got the bid. And this was the second time we had, you know, gotten in for the bid. So, because I wasn't sure about him, if he thinks I'm a carnal man, I'm afraid to ask him that question, Hurimara. How can you let me preach when they are going to announce the World Cup results who won the bid? Kantinaye, he's thinking the same thing. He only realizes the mistake he made. But he's afraid to ask me because he thinks I'm super spiritual. <laughs> so somehow I tried in a diplomatic way to say, you know what, Nfundisi, maybe we should make the session shorter. Maybe if we could dismiss before... So that he said, yeah, yeah, we can do that. Little did I know this man has organized a television set in the church <laughs> for them to see the results of the World Cup. So he doesn't tell me. So I did my session. We finished quickly. Mangati, amen. the elders, television in the church. Are you? So we're all watching this small television. We're sitting there watching. They announced the results. And you remember how it was. Everybody's shouting and hugging. And I want to hug my friend. He's not there. You know what he has done? He has taken his Mercedes Benz. He's driven into the city center. We were spinning motors. Hi. That's when I knew Gutin. No, I think I love this man. And so last story. Last one time I invited him to come preach here at our church at the Ministry of Health. It just happened to be the weekend of the derby. So when we left, I'm thinking, it's the derby. And I think he finished quickly, Ngamabum. So when we're leaving, we see all the people, and I drove intentionally to go towards... Because <laughs> 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 was FNB Stadium. So on the road, I'm asking him, where are all these people going? He says, no, I don't know. He acts like he doesn't know. <laughs> I said, I heard there's a match. He says, yeah, I heard there's a match. <laughs> what? Then finally, we said, oh, it's the derby. I, I, so I want to know, eh, now that we finished early, do you want to hang around? Then he says, do you want us to go to the match? I said, yeah. I said, <laughs> we sneaked into the stadium. The match had already started. We found some seats, quickly sat down. Orlando Pirates scored. And we got up, God! And then we realized we were the only two people standing in the whole section. <laughs> and the people there, but, hey, Nina, sir! 
Set, Bastuga, Bastuga. During the break, <laughs> we left and went and sat in the Orlando Pirates side. But Basarana, jokes aside, this man and this woman are real people who walk in integrity, walk in God's love. They have a passion for the work of God like never before. These are people we are, have as a sounding board for the truth. And people who in these crazy times have never moved away from preaching the authentic gospel. And we really felt there's no way this Word Explosion conference could be complete without them coming to speak to us. So I want to invite both of you, Mfundistone, uh, Pastor Nomsa, please, if you could come, please. And Pastor Nomsa, if you come and say hello to our people, Bazalana. Give this couple a big hand, Bazalana, as we've been married for 40 years. Bless you. Wow, wow. Thank you so much. And uh, this one truly is a real surprise for me because I didn't think that I was going to stand here. <laughs> but well, um, what an honor indeed, um, Pastor Musa and Pastor Gege, and the leadership of the church to be part of this beautiful celebration. In fact, I was looking forward into coming because I've been dying to come. <laughs> I haven't been since, yeah, years. It's a long time ago. It's a long time ago. But look at me, I'm here now to see these beautiful people that we love so much. Amen. Well, Amtata is rocking. That is what I can tell you. I can see you rocking, but Amtata is rocking. Next time we're celebrating. We would love the whole church to come join us. <laughs> yeah, we're quite excited. We're quite excited and truly we're celebrating with you to say Ebenezer. The Lord has been this good for the 40 years and we know that you definitely have got a, a whole lot to tell but we just want to celebrate with you and say we're still ready and strong for another 40 years together. Amen. Thank you. Wow. Ziway Zamges Bazalwana, give them a big hand. Ndipilapa. You may be seated, please. <laughs> Where do we start? What an honor. What an honor. Um, like my wife said, Bishop, uh, uh, Bishop, what a privilege to be here. Um, <clears throat> here is a secret I can let you into. Um, we never thought we could grow to a place where we would have PAs, people who are handling situations for us. I never thought I would get to that place. Now, the one thing I enjoy about having a PA, the rest I don't enjoy much. Don't tell them that. Um, I don't like people telling me, tomorrow you're going there, you're not going there, tomorrow you're doing this. But the one thing I like is if I talk to you and I don't like you and you invite me to have lunch with you, I always say, wow, great. Uh, just call my PA. 
And when you call the PA, before you call them, I call them first and tell them, there's a call coming, tell them, it's not on. And, uh, but there are those churches like Grace where it's a given. The PA is not even needed there uh, because you can't say no to Bishop Musa. You can't say no. I mean, what a privilege it is for us to be here. Um, you need to learn to identify greatness. Um, you know, there are people who are not gifted in that area. <laughs> I have a guy in our church. This chap is just but one of those guys <clears throat> who would say things before he thinks. Um, very risky guy. You, you don't take him with you to certain places. He's, he's one of those guys. I call them, you know, um, <clears throat> you, you get your VIPs, VDPs. He's one of those. If I want to talk nonsense, I just visit him. Because we are operating at a level where everything is high pressure, high pressure, high pressure. You have to decide on this. You have to. So my way of survival, I have a group, and thank God they are going to heaven. They are in our church. Um, <clears throat> when I want to just go and talk nonsense, I just visit them. He's one of them. So here we have a guy. This chap is loaded. This guy is moneyed. He, he says to us, and I don't know how this one ended there with us, but he, you know, like a fly, he was there. And I'm like, oh God, this chap. So this guy, he says to me, you know, Pastor, uh, I'm planning to sell my car. He just bought this beautiful Mercedes Benz, a massive machine. He says, I, I saw a new one that they've brought to the market. I'm thinking of selling this one. He says, I've just had it for about three months. And uh, I just want to sell it. And then I'm thinking, okay. And uh, he says, <clears throat> he, says uh, you, he says, you know, we're the same. <clears throat> now I'm planning on selling my car. We, I just walked away. Here is the problem. His car was a cadet that he bought for 4,000 rand. Now I'm thinking, where is your discretion? You are in the presence of greatness. Here you are coming to talk about the four a cadet here, 4,000 rand. And here is a guy selling a car close to a million. And I'm thinking, oh God, what have I done to you? Now, you need to learn to identify greatness. Tonight, tonight we are right there. My wife is pinching me there. says, you never told me I'm going to be asked. I said, no, I'm bending ass. You know why? Because I'm honoring this couple. We are in the midst of greatness. Um, just give them a big hand for that, you know? Yes, give them a big hand for that. Um, we honor you from the depths of our heart. The one thing I don't have is the gift of diplomacy. That's why I love hanging around him. <laughs> he is a stabilizing face. <laughs> yeah, you know that voice? And I'm thinking, oh, no, please don't come now. And, and, but afterwards you think, but he's right. And you are like, but Lord, why did you bring Bishop Musa here? We just want to. So he's that voice of reason. Great leader. Um, wow. I said to him, I'm, I'm praying that I don't, I don't lose my, my composure here tonight out of excitement. 
because I'm so excited, I'm like a child, to be here to celebrate 40 years of great work as a couple. Wow, Baba. I was ministering somewhere, I won't mention this movement. I was there a day ago. Gee, it's like I walked back to 1942. It's like these guys fell off Noah's Ark. I mean, yeah, they are so antique. And I'm like, I said to my friend who was with me, I don't, I don't mind, I know where I'm going next. I'm going to the extreme end of everything. Excellence and everything. Life like you cannot believe. And that's what Grace Bible Church is. So we honor you. We, we adore what God is doing through your life. And uh, he is right, o Bishop, you know. In the country, he is the one leader who I can be naked in front of. Spiritually speaking. Ibo, what were you thinking? We are in church, spiritually speaking. You know the other guys, you, you, whenever you talk to them, it's like, blessed going in, blessed coming out. And you feel, I am not blessed at all, but now I'm blessed going. He is the one who I know in my heart, I can be myself and he will never judge me. He will never ask me, no, no, don't tell me that, not you, no. In him, I found a friend that I can be so honest and talk about things that we cannot talk about. Now, we've come a long way. He's talking about 2010. He's got his own 2010s that I can talk about. We've come a long way testing each other, you know? How far can you go with this one? How far? And uh, by God's grace, that has helped me so much in ministry. And um, Bishop Musa and Ausikega, I remember those early days. Nomsa and myself, we were literally nothing, nothing. Not that we are something now. Absolutely nothing. I mean, we would watch you guys, you know, leading us in IFCC. And you don't know this. That thing triggered something in me. To say, here is a black guy who doesn't ask for permission to be who God has made him to be. He doesn't ask for permission. And I thought to myself, so what is my problem? <laughs> and uh, I looked up to him like you cannot believe. He still had hair then. Yes, he still had hair then. <laughs> he would be preaching. I'm sitting at the back. I'm looking at him. I'm like, yeah. But do think is unfair. Look at that guy, how anointed he is. And, and miraculously, one day he came to greet me. I don't know why. And we connected. We sat there, Drema, eating bunny chow <laughs> under the trees there, you know. But uh, yeah, I really honor you guys. The great work you've done. Um, he brought me here when they were digging the foundations of this building. We walked around here. And he started throwing around figures. That Musa is unfair, what do yes? He started throwing around, okay, we've spent so much so far. And every time he mentions this thing, the sigwa in Nimba. I don't know what is in Nimba, but sigwa in Nimba. And I wouldn't tell him, I would bring our guys here. I wouldn't tell him. I would bring our guys here and say, come and see what Musa is doing in Soweto. 
And you know what? That rubbed off on us to say, God is not a respecter of persons. He is not a respecter of persons. If he has planted you there, you're going to bloom where God has planted you. God is not a respecter of persons. Amen? And, uh, wow, beautiful room, Megege, that you guys. I almost felt like singing, Bendi Lele Hotela. Bengi Bizumani Maker. So I almost felt the anointing to, to sing in Lele Hotel. Thank you very much. Thank you. <laughs> hey. And uh, great leaders here. Hey. Wow. You know, when you talk about stickability, longevity, staying the course, and uh, finishing strong. Uh, you are an epitome of all of that. Um, and we honor God for you, sir. We do. We honor God for you. And um, <laughs> it was 1980, Springs in a youth convention, <laughs> Assemblies of God. I was young, man. And here comes um, the evangelist, um, um, the guy who led me to Christ. He walks in there, got so excited. I got so excited to see him, but something was not kosher. He's walking with somebody who was so worldly. We are in church, and he's so cool. He's got his afro. He's walking with confidence. He's got nice jewelry. I was so offended. And I'm thinking, what is Mashikila doing? I was very offended. I'm a defender of faith. I was very offended. And I'm like, Reverend Pengu was there. He was still alive. He was sitting there. And then Mashikira takes this worldly person. I'm next to Upapa. No, this is not right. I'm sitting down the gallery. This thing, Ingatin Gayapan, Didi, when I'm You know. How can he be so free? And he's in church. To make things worse, Mashitila stands up and he says, okay, we've got a guest speaker here tonight, uh, this morning, we're going to be blessed. God is going to do something. And he says, the lion of the north is here. And I'm checking, where is the lion? <laughs> and guess who stands up? This worldly guy. I was so offended. I'm sitting there, I'm like, no, this is not right. you he stood up. He said, let us read from Nehemiah chapter 1, verse 1. He says, in the year when I was in the citadel. Oh. He says, Hanani came. And I asked them, how are things back home to those who are held back and survived captivity? The walls have been broken down. The temple has been destroyed. Uti, then I wept, and I prayed for days without taking food, and I repented to God until the king asked me, what's wrong with you? That was 1980. This is 23. I'm here today 
Because among other things, that message, it hit a nail on what I was fighting and resisting in my heart. The statement he made, he said, are you going to swim in the blessings of your salvation at the cost of the lost? My life changed. So I honor you, Baba. I really do, from the depths of my heart. Yes. I honor you. <laughs> I honor you. Tonight, <clears throat> allow me to speak from my heart, Bishop. Um, it's one of those evenings I don't even have notes. I just want to speak from my heart. I'm not sure if I'm allowed to do that, to just pronounce a blessing over you and Ausigege, your family, this church. Um, can you take it from what the Bible says? Our eyes have not seen, our ears have not heard, nor has it entered our hearts and minds. The things that God has in store for you. Um, I, I mean that from my heart. I don't think as a nation we've seen the full manifestation of who Musa and Gege Sono are and Grace Bible Church. You are strategically placed by God in Soweto. God has anointed you with the giftings that you have. I'm, 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 I'm a bedroom guy. But one thing you must know, if I give you my word that I support you, I mean it. Nomsa and myself, we support you in the calling that God has placed on your lives. And you can count on us on any day. And we love you with everything in our hearts. Thank you very much, guys. Thank you. <clears throat> Thank you. All right. Now I've done the pastoral thing. I think I'm fine now. So that's how I cool my nerves. That's how I cool my nerves. Yeah, our nation has hit the lowest level you can ever imagine. We are so rock bottom that we can't go anywhere now. Nowhere. I only hope that you're not hiding your head in sand and pretending like things are fine. Things are not fine. We are on a tipping point, we either make it or we lose it. When we look at those who are leading us, they themselves, if they are honest, they don't know what to do. Let's be honest. They absolutely don't know what to do. Oh, yes, we pray for leadership because the Bible instructs us to do so. We will never stop. But let us be honest, our nation has hit the lowest point that you can ever imagine. About five, ten years ago, when people were hinting towards this era, I was one of those who consistently said, it will never come out of my mouth that South Africa is a failed nation. But at some point, we have to wake up and smell the coffee. We are a failed nation. The question is, to quote Bill Hybels, who was well known for this mantra, the church is the hope of the world. The church is the hope of the world. COVID came 
and COVID shook everything. Not only did COVID shake everything, but COVID stirred us to think and prompted us to get off our comfort zones into areas that we are not, not only are we not familiar with them, we are not comfortable with them. To ask very critical questions, whether you go to business or any sphere of society, you hear this coming up globally. People saying, we can't do business as normal. Something has to change. When you say that, you scare me. You know, I'm not an intelligent guy who can predict the next 15 years. It was a miracle that Nomsa said yes when I proposed to her. It was a miracle. <laughs> I'm telling you, I jumped up and down. I said, God, you are good. It was a I'm not an intelligent guy. I don't know what I said that convinced her that she can trust me. But I, because she's here now almost 40 years. All right. So I'm not a guy who can analyze things and dissect this and that. So, even at school, as my teachers, I was thorough. There were some classes I had to do twice, you know, because <laughs> I didn't fail. I just needed to make sure that I understand, I get the concepts. So, <laughs> so <laughs> when you come to me and you say, we can't do business as usual, I already start thinking, what is it that I need not miss? Because that's the one thing, Baba, that I guard against is to be left behind. I might not be the one who points the direction, but I'm quick to catch up and move. When you say we can't do business as usual, what must we do? We were talking as pastors and we said we can't do church as usual. Then the question, what must we do? in the context of where we are as a country, in the context of where we are as humanity, especially in our country. The morale is so low. People lack confidence in everything. I don't have to quantify this. It's in front of you every day. In front of you. So if we say something has to change, what needs to change? The book of 1 Chronicles 12, verse 32, in fact, the whole chapter gives you a list of men and women who came to help David build and establish a kingdom, which is still standing even today. It will narrate to us the different qualities that these people had, stuff that they brought to build this solid kingdom that will stand the test of time. It talks about what these guys were capable of doing. But verse 32 says there were 200 of the sons of, Isa of, of, um, of Issachar who knew the times. And not only did they know and understand the times, they also knew what Israel had to do. It was a political scenario. The mantle was shifting from 
the, the, the rebellious king to the one that God has just anointed. And the one that God has just anointed was hated by the incumbent. And they had to get to a point where they will not. Some of the guys, the Bible says, they were so gifted. They were ambidextrous. These guys could use the right and the left with, with precision. With precision. One of them would show up bringing with him his contingent of 10,000 soldiers. Think about that. These were not weak men. These were leaders in their own right. But in, in spite of their ability to fight, their ability to dominate, they needed this element. Call it intelligence. Call it intelligence. The sons of Issachar. I don't think the Bible doesn't say these guys could throw spears like the others. It doesn't say these guys, not that they could not because they were the army, but in the army, they were the intelligence. These were the guys who came in and read the situation and said, okay, forces are changing. There is a shift in the nation. There is a sense of instability. People don't know what they know. They don't trust what they trusted. That these are the times. And these being the times, they then said, what must Israel do? Because we can fight, but fight at the wrong time. We can fight, but fight the wrong battle. We can fight, but fight the wrong enemy. In our country today, we need people who will say, thus says the Lord. Thus says the Lord, tomorrow this time, King, things are going to change. And actually things do change. I think if we say the church is the hope of the world, the church needs to be smart. We need to wake up and forget about things that we enjoyed and are no more relevant now. And find something that's going to be the solution in the country. Because I'm convinced, Mefundisbam, I submit this to you. Nobody, I don't care whether they are wearing uh, purple colors. I'm, I'm nervous now. Brown colors. Let me not go to colors because I'm colorblind. I don't care what you think. You can think if we change the color, things will change. No, no, no. It's now real more than ever before. Not that it was never real. It's only a changed heart by the gospel of Jesus Christ. Only a changed heart. Only a changed heart. And we do have those changed hearts. They are sitting here in front of me. They are sitting here. Sodom and Gomorrah would have been saved. God said, if I can only find a handful of righteous people, I'll save this city. He could not find them. And today we are here. But the cardinal question that I would like us to ask ourselves, how current are we in the agenda of God? What's God's plan? Because nothing of what's happening here happened behind his back. Now let me shock you. I don't know how you're going to put it here. So to... Am I allowed to walk in front of this pulpit? Ekaya. <laughs> 
teasing my friend. Ekaya, where I come from? We would say, Ulele Samin. Now, let me explain what it is. It's a setup. He watches you. He acts like he doesn't know, just like you. He acts like he's scared, just like you. He acts like he's confused, just like you. When you ask questions, he also asks stupid questions, just like you. When Samin. He knows what you don't know. It's like watching soccer. I love this, especially when we've won against them. I, I'm in Soweto. I must be careful. So, you, you record the game, all right? <laughs> you record the game, and we win. And then I will invite them, because they were not watching the game, and say, guys, come to my house. I recorded the game. And they come. One thing you can't blame them for, they, they possess is statistics is about Hitler. They will have 90% or 60% of a possession, except for what matters. So I will watch the game. So here we are. Nothing personal, Baba. Nothing personal. Here we are. And they, they come and they come and you think they score. And I watch this. They go, yeah, 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 yeah. And they go, oh, no. In my heart, I'm like, you can jump as much as you want. I know the results. Listen to me. God, that, the God that we serve, in this state of perplexity, confusion, and chaos, he has seen the end of the game. He knows how things are going to end up. But here is the beauty of God. He does not want to do it without us. He doesn't want to exclude us. Let me show you from the Bible. Go to John chapter 6. You'll be amazed by this. Go to John chapter 6. Listen to this. It after this. Let me read it. Am I allowed to read it from the Passion Translation? It speaks my English. Hey, um, Jimmy, sometimes what thou dinest in. Hey, so at least I have a dirty language and he vibe. So let us go there. <laughs> after, after this, Jesus went to the other side of the lake of Tiberias, which is also known as the Lake Galilee. Okay? A massive crowd of people followed him everywhere. They were attracted by his miracles and by the healings they watched him perform. Jesus went up the slope of a hill. He sat down with his disciples. Now it was approaching the time of the Jewish celebration of Passover. And there were many pilgrims on their way to Jerusalem in the crowd. Think about that. As Jesus sat down, he looked out. Everybody say looked out. And he saw the massive crowd of people scrambling up the hill for they wanted to be near him. So, Nazlesam, he turned to Pastor Philip. Oh, sorry, he turned to, to Philip. Sorry, I don't know what's wrong with me. Yeah. He t- I was there. He turns to Philip and he said to him, think about this. Where will we buy enough food to feed all these people? I can hear him asking us as a church in South Africa. He says things are bad. What must we do? If you have spiritual sense, 
You cannot ignore this call. It's a question that goes through everybody. Oh yes, we're going to heaven, but we're still here. And God is asking the question, do you see this mess? What must we do? And the verse goes on to say, now Jesus already knew what he was about to do. But he said this to stretch Philip's faith. Jesus wanted to check, you are with me here. I wonder how much of me has rubbed off you. I wonder how much of my mindset, my thinking, are you getting? Or are you just following because of it's nice to hang around Jesus? Child of God, wherever you are, you're working, you're not working, you're in a community somewhere, God is asking you, what must we do? And the question that he's asking us, the Bible says he's asking us to stretch our faith. King James says he's asking us to test us and see what are we thinking. There is no one of us here who can have the courage to stand up and say Jesus is the answer. And you don't know the question. The scenario we are in in our nation is a big question. What must be done? And the thing is this, God will not come down from heaven. I promise you that. Because he has planted ambassadors here who are representing his kingdom. And that's you and I. What is expected of us is to show these people how things are done in our kingdom. The angels are not going to come down here and sort things out. God is looking at you and I. God is saying, only if you can hear my heartbeat, read my mind, and connect or engage in my strategy, not yours, my strategy. You see, my friend, if we don't do this, no one is going to be safe. No. You can have the highest walls with electric fences. They jump over those things. <laughs> no one is going to be safe. Not me, not my children, not my children's children. Even when we are no more, our kids are going to carry the, the can of the mess we're finding ourselves in. If we say things must change, I believe with all of my heart that we need to have a serious endeavor with God in prayer. Which is why I'm very excited by the move in the IFCC where we've asked Bishop Musa to lead the nation in prayer. A strategy of leading the nation in prayer. And please don't say, I don't belong to grace, I don't belong to this. You are a child of God. You are a child of God. In the past, we're playing these games, competing our light against your light and your light against my light. And the mess hit us. If you're still playing those games, you are so irrelevant. You are so irrelevant. Because things now need people who are going to hear the heartbeat of God. Lay down your positions. Forget about your status. 
We need to seek the face of God here and say, Lord, only you can help us now. Nobody else, nothing else. Only you, God, can help us now. But how many of us know that when things are this bad, God, (laughs) he maximizes these opportunities. He does. I like what happens next. So Jesus says, already he's testing this guy. In verse 7, he says, I suppose, Philip says, well, I suppose if we were to give everyone only a snack, it would cost thousands of dollars to buy enough food. But then, Andrew, everybody say Andrew. Amen. Amen, this poor guy. How does it feel for you to be known by Andrew, which one? not Peter's brother. Nobody knows. If you say Andrew, they ask, which one? This guy was such a bad bencher that ish. But so critical, he's the guy who brought Peter to Jesus, by the way. He's the guy, in as much as he was not featuring social media, he's the guy who brought Jesus. But now, listen to this. Here he's bailing them out again. Andrew just says to them, (coughs) he says, look, there's a a kid here. Um, Now, can I use my sanctified imagination? (laughs) Think about, I, I might be wrong, forgive me in advance, but think about this. Everybody there is hungry, including Andrew. <laughs> so Andrew, and the boy goes like, I mean, of those thousands, Andrew, bonus kaftins alengwengo what yeh? What you? He was so interested in that that he even gives it detail. Uti, there's a boy here. There's a boy here. Lendwana, in a loaf, in a slice, five. He counted them. In a... Gamesh, of course, captain. Tap away. We have booze. Lendwana is our child. Lendwana, So, Uti, Uti, Andrew, Zai Lungis. Uti, yes. Queen <laughs> I counted it. Five. Unes lies. Five is a toast. Five. And Nephilet has been the Hague. He crusted the Hague. And it's not deep fried, but. <laughs> How else can you explain that? Among these thousands, who call him Gwengwe. So he was. And this verse tells me that Jesus knew the story. Because it says, then Jesus said to them, He didn't ask Andrew, no. He says, all right, tell everybody to sit down. Wow. Tell everybody to sit down. The thing that was a concern to Philip and the others, Utuyasu now, let me unfold my plan. Can I make this declaration in our nation? Please. Who knows that we might be at a point where our God is going to say to us, now, you guys just back off. 
Tell everybody umsindo pansi. Tell everybody umsindo pansi. You've done your thing. It hasn't worked now. Whether they like it or not, the church is coming. I said the church is coming. Nobody is going to ignore the church of Jesus Christ. Because you know why? We have been hit very hard. We bumped our heads very hard. Now we are sobering up. Where we are saying, God, only you can help us now. I can hear God saying to us, just tell everybody. pants. Tell them, your games are over. The games in Israel are over. Now, just tell them to sit down. Because now is my turn. It is Isaiah who says, darkness will cover the earth. He doesn't say bind it. And there's a deep darkness. The peoples of the earth. But he says, but as for you, arise and shine. For your light has come. And the glory of God has risen upon you. You cannot hide your head in the sand. You cannot talk about darkness. The Bible says, arise, shine, for your light has come and the glory of God has risen upon you. He says, look around you, see them. They are coming from every nation. They are coming from everywhere, coming to the brightness of your light. We cannot hide our head in the sand. We cannot. He says, seize your children, they are coming. Mama, Dada, I don't care how far your kids are backslidden. This is a godly generation. I don't care how far they've gone. But I'm telling you now, I'm telling you now, you look around and see, they are coming. They are coming. They are coming. Because God says, now is my time. Now is my season. Now is my era. Allow me to step in and do it my way and not your way. Oh, hallelujah. I want you to believe this with all of your heart. Your children are coming, man. Your children are coming. I don't care what state they are in right now. We are speaking to everything that's holding them back. We are talking to everything that's keeping them away. We are telling the devil right there where he is. Your days are numbered. The God that we serve. He is coming. He is showing up. And every knee will bow. And every tongue will confess. Including our children. Hallelujah. Glory to Jesus. Grace, you are placed strategically here by God for a reason. Oh, glory to his name. Our God is coming. I'm telling you, our God is coming. They are not going to ask. They are not going to second guess. They are not going to doubt because they will know it is impossible. Oh, glory to Jesus. 
I like what Daniel says. He says, the people that know their God. Not people that are playing games here. Yeah? People that know their God. The people that know their God. The people that know their God. Hey, listen to me. They took them and they promised them, we're going to burn you. We're going to kill you. These guys knew their God, man. They said, long live, O king. Long live. But let it be known to you that as we are standing here, we are never going to bow our knee. Not to your image, not to any other image. We're not going to bow our knee. Even if you throw us into the fire, they say, don't mind, O king. We're still not going to bow our knee. They say, we know this. This God that we serve, he's going to rescue us. Oh, hallelujah. Listen, children of God, Jesus said to Peter, I'm going to build my church. And even the gates, ah, and even the gates of hell, they shall never prevail against my church. It was Ralph Neighbor who said, God never built the church in a corner, in a safe environment, far away. He built it right in front of hell. And he says, whatever is in hell will never win against my church. Time for this safe, comfortable Christianity is over. If we believe him, we claim we know him, we claim that he is who he is, time has come even creation itself it groans in pains eagerly awaiting the revelation of the true sons and daughters of god if there's ever been a time where the church needs to arise it is right now it has ever been a time where the church needs to stand up it is right now everybody young and old it doesn't matter if that power that raised jesus from the dead is resident on the inside of you god says to us the things that i have done if you believe in me you will do more and even more than what i have done this is the season we're not gonna go play safe christianity here we're not gonna be entertaining ourselves in our small corners this is not a mock battle this is the real stuff the church of jesus christ needs to emerge the church of jesus christ needs to rise up we cannot play safe the lord is at stake here oh what scares me jesus said when they were complaining your disciples are noisy tell them to shut up jesus said listen if they can listen to you and keep quiet i'll raise the stones because when I want to work, even the stones will work. You don't believe that? Go back to the prophet. He doesn't hear God. And the donkey hears God. I wish I was a fly on a rock there. This guy is riding on a donkey. <laughs> and the donkey says, Unbetelan. I would have jumped up and ran from this thing. No. When you lost, you lost. He talks to the donkey. <laughs> I wish I was a fly somewhere there. <laughs> 
Und die Batuteusil und die Betegiselis. God can use even a donkey. But church, 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 I've never been excited as I am now. When everybody is ready to pack up and go to Australia, go. Go. I have never been as excited as I am now. Because now is the time. Now is the season. Hallelujah. Let me tell you this. Hey, Bazalwan, it's got nothing to do in a Pagania. Sit down, man. But I'll tell you this, Ezekiel 37. Bishop, that scripture is so real in our country. The prophet says he took me to a valley of dry bones. Udi, I saw that they were dead and dry. He goes on to say they had lost all hope. That talks about our nation. The prophet doesn't say to him, rather God doesn't say to the prophet, I've got a plan here. The question comes again, son of man, will these bones live? He says, but you know, taking this thing back to God, and God says, and yet I planted you here to be my mouthpiece. He says, all right, let me help you. Say to these bones, oh, hallelujah, the bones in our nation, man, in economy, in education, in health, in security, everywhere, the dead, dry bones. I can hear God say to the church, say to these bones, bones, hear the word of God does it matter how dead you are Aha. when that word when you have a headache and the doctor says take this tablet you don't take the tablet and orientate it and say now listen I'm going to swallow you down my esophagus to my stomach. But you must quickly come up because the problem is not here, it's here. Ah, ah! You just take this thing in. That's the word of God. What we need from our pulpits is what's happening every Sunday on this pulpit. Let us declare to the dry bones in our nation. Dry bones. Whether you're not hearing us, whether you seem like you are not attending to what we are saying, we are declaring to you, hear the word of God. Hear the word of God. There is no more time for games here. The pulpit is not an, enter an entertainment center. Bring the word of God unadulterated. Don't compromise the truth. Don't seek for popularity. We are not called to win popularity stakes. We are called to be impactful. We are called to be relevant. We are called to be, to be the, on the cutting edge of things because the God we serve is very serious about this. These bones are going to rise up, man. We declare over our nation, Bishop, we say, South Africa, you're going to emerge as a mighty army. The church will be marching ahead of you. The church will be leading you. 
because the one who is with us greater is he than the one who is against us greater is he than the one who is against us the book that we read ends off by saying and he who overcomes he who overcomes you don't overcome when there is no obstacle this is our season this is our time God bless you Bishop Remain standing, Barcelona. I tell you something. If you, if, if you don't realize what's happening here tonight, the season for the church is here. And I can tell you that there's several of us leaders whose hearts are connected in this. Because we know that when things are dark, that's the greatest opportunity for God to begin to work. Church, this is not time for despondency. And this is not time for us to hide in our little corners and try and be safe. This is a time for the fullness of the gospel to shine in our land. And for the church to do what the church should be doing all the time. And I've asked Pastor Don to remain because... I want to ask him to pray a prophetic prayer over us. I want to ask him to make a declaration. Because the message preached here is a very powerful prophetic message. I was saying to them, Pastor Don, this morning, I was reading John 4. And as I was reading that, I noticed that God changed Samaria in one day. Yes, sir. Wow. The whole city. I don't think we have an idea of how, how much God can just do things like that. But the thing is, God does it through people. And the people are here tonight. Pastor Don say, would you please just pray for us and make it. Can, can we do this declaration, please? Can you just do it for me? And we
forgotten in you we are not the cursed no we know father God that you are not sleeping even if we were sleeping but we are aligning ourselves as we repent of our inactivity lack of faith just relaxing in this comfort zone to wake up at this time and see the damage we're repenting of this we admit just like Nehemiah that our countrymen have sinned we admit this we've allowed things to happen here right under our nose because we were not willing to engage in this battle but Lord we know your grace. You are a God of many, many, many second chances. Yeah, yet again, you give us, your church, another opportunity to say to ourselves, if God is on our side, who can be against us? Because greater is he who is in us than the one in the world. Now, Lord, we are rising up to shine. We are not trusting ourselves as it tembangatina, sitembewena, amancha, angawako, ubunwalisa, ubumako, uzuko, lulolwako. Salvation belongs to you, our mighty God. We are reporting for duty, Father. We are putting up our hand and we say, Lord, do it through us. Do it through us. We decrease so that you may increase. You said to Moses, tell those who are bitten by these small snakes to look up to the brazen snake. And whoever looks up to it will be healed. John says, you said it, Father, clearly. That when we lift you up, you will draw all men to you. Lord, we are praying for our nation. We are praying for the church. The Mondays of Kupayo to individuals, even now, we are receiving them by faith. We are not just going to be blessed by a sermon, by a conference. We're going to take these and we're going to believe them. And we're going to walk in them. And we're going to abide by them. And we're going to live for them. Help us, Father. I pray for our leadership in the church. 
that Lord your hand will rest mightily upon your men and women that Father God we will wake up and realize what time it is that as we lead your people we will not lead them into funny things and scary stuff we will lead them in the paths of righteousness for your name's sake we pray for Grace Bible Church the mantle upon this body the mantle upon this church the mantle upon these leaders we are praying Father that you're going to keep your hand upon them I rebuke every foul spirit from hell you take your filthy hands off you're not going to interfere devil I want you to know you are a defeated enemy the blood of Jesus Christ is against you I want you to know you are squashed by the heel of the Son of God. I want you to know that he made a public spectacle of you. So shut up! Shut up! And go back to hell. As the army of God rises up to march in battle. We bless you, Father, in anticipation as the atmosphere is changing over our country. Oh, hallelujah. The will of God will be done here on earth as it is in heaven. The will of God will be done through us. In Jesus' name. Hallelujah. Africa will be saved. Africa will be saved. And Africa will be saved. to give the Lord a big hand of praise tonight. We are reporting for duty, Lord. We are reporting for duty. We are not going to go on like we went on before. We are reporting for duty because the church is the hope of the world. Can you hear God speak to your heart? Can you hear God ask you that question? Can these bones live again? Uh, 
We believe with all our hearts as leaders in the IFCC, as friends and other people we've connected with, that the greatest hour of the church is on the horizon. That the church is really the hope of this country. And if the church can do what it should do. You, you, he preached from Nehemiah when we got into this building, in the room there. And from the very books of Nehemiah, and his title was The Right Response. See, the sons of Issachar gave the right response. And this is what God is calling us to do in this nation. To give the right response. That's why you hear the Holy Spirit, many of you, moving you to do certain things in your communities. That's why you hear the agency in what God is doing. That's why you realize even when everybody else is complaining, you see possibilities in your mind and in your spirit. When everybody's complaining, when uh, there's a burden that's pushing you on the inside to do something, we cannot get under the cloud of complaining. God is looking for men and women who will report for duty. Are you that man? Are you that woman tonight? If you are, give the Lord a shout tonight and thank him tonight. Hallelujah. Oh, man of God. Thank you, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. This is a word from the Lord for us. I don't think just for us, but for our nation. And I've been sitting there and I'm thinking in my heart, you know, God, you're speaking to us in a very serious tone here. And certainly we're going to move on to make sure this message becomes a practical reality. But Zalana, if we can hear what God is saying, and if we can move in the direction that he is pointing us, I was just whispering to Pastor Don. I told him that in the morning, I was sharing something as I was praying some time ago, not long ago, and it just occurred to me. By the way, Samaria was changed in one day. The whole city of Samaria was changed in one day. God can, when God works, Barcelona, he will surprise all of us. And God is going to do incredible things. Let's give the Lord another big hand of praise. Thank you so much, Pastor Don. I tell you, 